Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome in to another edition of the PHNX Diamondbacks podcast right here on PHNX. My name is Derek Montia. Of course, I am your mayor of PHNX, uh, and I am thrilled to be here on another Saturday audio edition of this podcast. I am joined by my vice mayor, the one and only Thunderstick, Jesse Friedman. Jesse, how how are things? Things are all right. Uh, you know, people just can't get enough of us there. Clearly five days a week, Clearly. we were, yeah. we were falling short of the demand that people had. Yeah. And so, uh, now we're doing the Saturday thing well, and it was, it's, uh, it's kind of fun. It was carefully planned out that way, Jesse. Sometimes in life you have to limit the amount of Jesse and Derek that you put out there on the shelves available as product to people, uh, because you know, then, then they're not as interested. Right. But if you make it a limited time kind of thing, if you, if you make Jesse and Derek available, uh, but hard to find, you know, hard to find, then the people are clamoring for it, you know, and kind of, that's what we were going for. But now, you know, we want to just flood the market with Jesse and Derek. We want to drive the price down very, very much, you know, get, get those, stock prices to just plummet on, on Jesse's and Derek's around, around baseball. And, uh, you know, of course, in that way we can maybe, uh, gobble up some of those stock and, and make, make us the most powerful ones. But, uh, right now, Jesse, the Arizona diamondbacks are not in the best place as far as the future goes, which is still okay because right now the Arizona diamondbacks seem to be more about now you would say like, I felt when we started doing this podcast just a few years ago, we were kind of focused constantly on the future of this team. We were focused on how good they could be, what their potential could be with some of these young guys that we got a chance to talk about. We started talking about Alec Thomas and Brandon Fott and, of course, Corbin Carroll. And all of those guys ended up being huge contributors to this team and what they did last year. And and the, the future isn't the future anymore. The future seems to be now. But the Diamondbacks' future, with that being said, remain. It seems to not be as as bright as it once was when these guys were all part of the farm system. Uh, Baseball America and ESPN both released their farm system rankings on Friday, and they're not ranked very high. Jesse, uh, D-backs are seventeenth for Baseball America, and they are ranked twenty-first for ESPN with a total surplus value of one hundred and sixty-eight million dollars which is how kylie mcdaniel does his prospects list but uh going back first to baseball america ranking them 17th what was your initial reaction to that did you think that was a fair ranking uh amongst you know uh, in baseball uh, yeah i i do think it's fair and uh 
Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if I would think of this as like the Diamondbacks future isn't bright as much as the Diamondbacks future exists primarily in players that are already on the team yeah. and, and have already exhausted their, you know, their prospect status and whatnot, right? I mean, the Diamondbacks yeah. will go in, in some ways over the next few years, the Diamondbacks will go as far as the Corbin Carroll's, Alec Thomas's, Geraldo Perdomo's, Gabriel Moreno's, you know, those guys will will be able to take them. So I think it's important to keep that perspective. Uh, you know, the Diamondbacks being ranked 17th by Baseball America, 21st over ESPN. It's not as it's not as as cool, you know, a year ago right now, the Diamondbacks were second on both of those lists. Uh, so that's, you know, it's a considerable drop off. But I think this is something we always knew was coming, right? Corbin Carroll was going to graduate off of these prospect lists. Brandon Fott was going to graduate off these lists as well. Uh, Baseball America, uh, with their system, they were still counting Gabriel Moreno as a prospect entering 2023, whereas some right. outlets were not. So, uh, yeah, I think this was kind of always bound to happen. This isn't this isn't a shock for me. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I think at the same time, there there is some validity to you know, the, the guys that are in the farm system at this point, they don't have more Corbin Carroll's uh, waiting, you know, waiting in the wings necessarily not to say, you know, certain players like Drew Jones in particular, you know, couldn't come up and, and really become impactful players in the future, but no one is as close and as sure as some of the prospects that they had at this time last year. And the thing is, is that the Arizona Diamondbacks also do have an opportunity to replenish their farm system. This ranking right now is based on, Obviously, the current players that are there, the players that have left, uh, you know, like you said, Baseball America. Uh, it, I mean, right now they're they're still holding on very much to Jordan Lawler, and Jordan Lawler might not even be right. a part of the farm system this year. So, uh, yeah. But but looking ahead, like you said, yeah, I mean, as as I mean, this isn't great, but uh, they could, like I said, they they could rebound here. Uh, the Diamondbacks have pick number twenty nine in the first round, and then thanks to. Corbin Carroll, they get that prospect promotion incentive pick, which is pick number 31. So they have picks 29, 31. They, de- they then also have a competitive balance round A pick at 35. So they will have picks 29, 31, 35. And then in the second round, they get pick number 66. So that is their picks in rounds one and two of the MLB draft. Now, that might not be great positioning for their first pick, but that is great positioning for them to pick up some quality players in that in in that range from picks twenty nine through thirty five, uh, and and even still pick up you know still a quality guy with pick number sixty six. Uh, they don't have a competitive balance round B or compensate compens compens. I can't speak, Jesse. <laughs> it's like the hardest word in the English language. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, compensatory, right? Compensatory. Yeah, there you go. Compensatory round. Thank you. Um, and like, uh, Elizabeth, uh, Elizabeth and Elise like to correct me on this show. So I'm sure they're going to have a field day <laughs> with that. Luckily there's no comments on the audio podcast, so I don't have to see them make fun of my inability to speak and read. Uh, but yeah, I mean, again, this is, uh, one of those things that it, it feels like the initial reaction is just kind of like, damn, there goes our farm system, you know, but there are ups and downs. Like you said, the future of this team that once was ranking them second in all of major league baseball is now part of the main roster and they are helping this team do all of the wonderful things that they did last year. So it's, it's just a temporary thing with all of these guys being 23, 24 years old for the time being, that means that the future isn't in the farm system, but it's on the main roster and it's going to be here 
for for quite a while. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like, would you rather have the fifth ranked farm system or, you know, and not have just gone to the World Series or have <laughs> just gone to the World Series and have like a mid-tier farm system? I don't think it's even a question, right? Everyone would say they would rather have the the latter of, of those two options. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's just a it's just kind of a new era of Diamondbacks baseball where we're not as much looking to the farm system for the future. We're looking to the guys who are already on the team and you know how they're going to be able to improve in the coming years and that is a very real thing it's not as if you know you lose your prospect status and then you immediately are just whatever you are that, that you have no ability to improve your game from that point forward that's not the case at all right i mean a lot of these yeah. guys are yeah, still so. are still in their in their early 20s right Geraldo Perdomo Corbin Carroll these guys that i mentioned earlier they all uh, can and really should get better over the next uh, over the next few seasons, well, Kylie McDaniel almost quoted you word for word uh, in the article. I'm sure Arizona would rather have October's playoff series wins than a better place on my list, and that's exactly what it comes down to. Uh, yeah, the, the playoff win. You know, I, I I had some people in our in our tweets or our responses to one of our tweet trying to dunk on us for the fact that the Arizona Diamondbacks didn't win the World Series and lost for you know, four, one to the Rangers. I'm just going to make this announcement. Now I know those people aren't listening to this podcast very much. So I understand that, but I'm still going to make this <laughs> announcement. Uh, I don't give a damn that they lost the world series. If you are a diamondbacks fan, and I'm sure everyone listening uh, can attest to this, you are very proud of what this team did last year. And it's because of the fact that just a year ago, we were ranked second on this list and our projected arrival date for being a competitive team was like 2025, 2026. You know, that's what some people were saying, you know, as far as when, when we could expect this team to actually be in that phase to compete for a world series championship. Some of those early comments that we had at the beginning of last year about going to the World Series sounded sounded insane at the time. And now looking back on it, you know, you have Espo out here looking like a damn, you know, witch. Like he knows the future, right? <laughs> but um, you can't dunk on this team for the fact that these young guys that were supposed to be the future, that were supposed to learn how to play the game and acclimate to major league and eventually become, you know, potential superstars, did all of that over the course of one season, it seemed like. Corbin Carroll exploded into being a superstar. Gabriel Moreno, just due to circumstance, due to the injury to Carson Kelly, due to the uh, way that this everything went down, ends up being this guy that gets way more playing time than we envisioned him being and, and quickly becomes a fan favorite and a huge contributor during the postseason run. And these, these guys are all the guys that were supposed to be like down the road future stars. They are here now. So yes, I would absolutely trade all of that joy that we experienced in October or being ranked, you know, in the top 10 on this list, you know, ESPN's list though, again, uh, it, it does take in the surplus value of, of prospects and stuff like that. And, it, you know, again, we've, we talked about where they were ranked on, you know, on MLB pipelines ranking and how many diamondbacks they had in the top 100. And yes, the, for the most part right now, there's not, you know, there's not a lot to be excited about. We, I feel like we've said that on this show a few times as far as their farm system goes. Yeah, I think it, I think it's just kind of a lack of 
uh, a lack of assurance maybe on some of these guys. Sure. Uh, Jordan Lawler is obviously about to about to graduate. You know, I think at some point in 2024, we can pretty safely say that, that he won't be on this list anymore. But behind him, there are some interesting guys. Like Drew Jones has a ceiling of being like Drew Jones could conceivably be the number one prospect in the sport at some point if he's able to become the player that some people believed he'd be, right? I mean, there's there's no clear weaknesses in Drew Jones's game. He's going to be an elite center fielder no matter what. If he figures out how to overcome some of the offensive challenges that he encountered in his first full season, I mean, he really, like, the sky is the limit for, for Drew Jones for sure. sure. And I think Tommy Troy is another guy who could, you know, certainly have some room to move up on on some of these lists. And outside of those guys, the the rest of the farm system is just a lot of a lot of players who are too young to really know too much at this point. Uh, Ruben Santana, a uh, third baseman, a uh, third base prospect, the Diamondbacks got him uh, last uh, last year. I, I think in, in 2022, I want to say as an international amateur, he's really come on strong. Uh, you know, playing over in the Dominican as an amateur. He he could be a great player. He could be, you know, in in, you know, actually making waves on a top 100 list at some point, but he's also in rookie ball. He hasn't come stateside yet. Like you're not going to put someone like that very high on a prospect list and you're not going to rank the Diamondbacks farm system highly, you know, because you have someone like that. And the same could be said for for a lot of other guys, right? Hansel Luis is is an exciting yeah. middle infield prospect who's just a little a little bit too far away at this point. Christopher Torin uh, similar situation there. So I think it's possible that, you know, even as Jordan Lawler comes off this list, there are some guys who could push the D-backs, you know, back into the top tier farm systems around the game. We just have to wait and see how some of those players turn out. Well, and right now prospects are uh, the value of prospects are higher than ever. Uh, we talked about that a little bit on yesterday's show, but it really does feel like teams are trying to hold on to their prospects now more than they ever have they're they're like less willing to give up on prospects and and the the wild thing about prospects is they're exactly that especially pitching prospects like there's there's such a low uh chance in some cases of guys making it you know to major leagues that it's kind of crazy that the market changed in that way it's kind of crazy that a tested pitcher that's had good seasons in major league baseball and it still isn't very old maybe we're talking about a guy that's you know, still around 30 years old uh, is has somehow low, lower value than a guy that's never pitched in major league baseball. And yeah, the potential is there. The sky is the limit, but like you still don't know if that guy's ever going to be able to pitch in major league baseball. It's kind of crazy. It's just, it's this weird thing. Like teams don't want to be the organization that traded away, you know, Zach gallon, like the Cardinals did, you know, or some of these guys that they get rid of a prospect for a trade in the moment to bring some superstar to their team that doesn't pan out. But meanwhile, they gave up two of the best pitchers in the game in the deal. Right. So that just, it's, it's like, that's scarier than, you know, just trying to test your luck on a major league player, I guess. I, I don't know, but uh, I, I, I do think that the diamondbacks are in a great position uh, regardless of where they fall on this list for, you know, not only to continue adding these guys because they're Mike Hazen isn't going to be done. In some cases, Mike Hazen is going to make moves to bring more prospects in. I don't like he he his approach to the team team seems to be a bit fluid. So I'm not 100% convinced that we're just going to see them continue to try to make big moves, right? Like I guess I'm comparing it a little bit to the Suns 
where the Suns just tried to make, you know, their 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 starting five so good with like superstars and established talent that like the rest of their their team kind of leaves you a little bit wanting, right? The Diamondbacks, you know, again, could continue to make moves to add prospects to this organization and they do have all of those draft picks. So, um I'm I'll, I'll, I'll wait and see how the farm system, you know, looks next year. Yeah, I think I think if you're a baseball fan, I probably wouldn't get too stressed out about farm system rankings. Like maybe you should if you're like a fan of the Angels and your team kind of sucks and you're yeah. also showing up at like 28th yeah. or 29th on these lists. But for a team like the Diamondbacks, you know, where you're you're currently in in good position to to contend, it it's not it's not that much of a concern. There is still some talent in this farm system. You know, I think about a team like the Houston Astros that have been near the bottom of these lists for a while. There may come a day where that's an issue for them. They're in, they're in a different situation from the Diamondbacks and that a lot of their core pieces are going to reach free agency soon. So maybe it's yeah. a little bit more of a concern yeah, for them. For but sure. even then, like, I don't think Astros fans are like super stressed out about their farm system rankings when they're constantly playing in the ALCS or, you know, or the World Series every year. That's such a good point. That's such a good point. Um, and I, in general... It, it doesn't mean you don't have stars in your system. This is still just a, an opinion, you know, piece in a way like yeah. you and I have met some of the people that put these lists together. Sometimes I'm amazed that they're just regular old human beings and not some sort of, you know, superhero with extraordinary <laughs> powers to see into the future and know where these guys are going to be ranked at. But uh, yeah, I mean, you're definitely right about that. And the other thing too is, is that with what the Orioles are doing right now and then the talk about the Baltimore Orioles and what the Arizona Diamondbacks did in, in the playoffs last year. Those were the two bottom teams just a few years ago when we started doing this show. Those were the two teams that we were joking about, you know, Josh Van Meter ruining an opportunity for the Diamondbacks to <laughs> have the number one overall pick, right? Like, and look at where both of those teams stand today. You know, the Diamondbacks are National League champions. They appeared in the World Series. And they just rearmed themselves in a pretty significant way that addressed all of their weaknesses during the offseason and could potentially, most likely, will make them a better team next year than they were this year, the t- year that they reached the World Series. Meanwhile, the Baltimore Orioles just got one of the best arms uh, in, in baseball to be their ace, and they already won an incredible amount of games in, in 2023. Uh, so, you know, you have them now sitting kind of at the top of the heap as well. It's just, it's amazing how quickly both of these franchises kind of turned things around and are now, you know, competitive and, and are a little bit of the talk of the baseball this off season. Yeah. It's funny. You, you mentioned earlier that the D back surplus value thing, which is an interesting calculation. I guess it's just trying to project out like how much value each prospect will produce compared sure. to how much money they'll make over the course of their careers. Uh, it seems, it seems like kind of a crazy calculation, it's but insane, hey, I'm here, it's I'm here for it. I, think about I like, I like numbers. So I'm, I'm here for <laughs> it. Uh, the Baltimore Orioles number, I think was around 380 million. So it's more than twice as high as the Diamondbacks. I believe it was about 50 million higher than the next closest team. And uh, yes, this is still considering, this is still factoring in that the Orioles just traded two pretty darn good prospects, uh, you know, in, in that, uh, in that deal for Corbin Burns. So yeah, the Orioles, uh, that, I mean, they're, they're, I guess the, the envy of everyone, right. Yeah. And that the Orioles are not only a team that very well could win a hundred plus games in 2024. They also have by a considerable margin, 
still the top overall farm system in the game. And, uh, you know, if you're the D backs, you wouldn't rather be that many teams right now, but maybe you'd rather be the Orioles. Cause that's, a, yeah. I mean, it's a pretty incredible position that they're in right now. Well, in a, in a very similar position as the diamondbacks where it's like the future is now for them, but their future is even brighter with how stacked yeah. their farm system still is. Right. Um, yeah. That's it's it's incredible, but uh, be fun to watch. It's going to be fun to watch baseball this season, and I cannot wait. Three weeks away, we have baseball uh, spring training games start. Of course, we thank you guys for being here and listening to the PHNX Sports uh, audio only version of the Arizona Diamondbacks podcast right here on PHNX. If you have not subscribed to us on your favorite audio podcasting app, make sure to do so now. Leave us a review. We always appreciate that feedback and what you like about the show. We also very much appreciate those five-star reviews. Of course, if you are a PHNX diehard, we appreciate that as well. If you are not a diehard, you can sign up today at gophnx.com. We have uh, wonderful, wonderful content to offer you, including our Discord discussions. We have all sorts of fun content in the Discord, like our city council meetings and uh, our upcoming game show next week. Uh, Squeeze play, that's going to be a lot of fun. We also have access to all of Jesse's content, all of our wonderful writers' content here at PHNX. You also get access uh, to some of our discounts on our events, get access to some of our discounts with our partners, and most importantly, get that free t-shirt from phnxlocker.com, t-shirt of your choice. So make sure to sign up today over at gophnx.com. Jesse, yesterday we talked about that fraud, uh, Punxsutawney Phil, and his 30% accuracy rate on predicting the weather. Uh, Groundhog's Day be damned, that guy is not good at his job. I think that, uh, <laughs> of course, we should continue to question these frauds when they tote that they know the weather and then they go around with a 30% accuracy rate. They don't know shit. Uh, but uh, umpire accuracy actually getting better in Major League Baseball. Is that right? Am I to believe that? Am I to believe that as much as I'm to believe that a groundhog can tell the weather, Jesse? You know, uh, like yes and and yes and no. I guess yes. I think I would overall say yes, uh, which which may come as a shock to a lot of people who are convinced that umpires are getting worse and worse by the year, and our need be. for our need for robot umps is you know is getting bigger uh, every single season. The the numbers say otherwise. There's a, a really interesting story over at Fangraphs that came out on Thursday. This is from Davey Andrews, uh, where he looks at what the numbers have to say about umpire accuracy. And uh, since we're on the audio-only side, we can't really can't really show this to all of you. But there is a, a graph that is uh, the percent accuracy on ball strike calls over year. And it goes from 84% in 2008 to just over 92% in 2023 and it is a just like a linear just going up every single year without really any divots along the way uh which probably is a little bit surprising like there is there's very clear evidence here that umpires are getting better at their job on a year-to-year basis now if you dig a little bit closer into the numbers here it's it's kind of interesting i guess you can the, the way that the article does it you can kind of split umpiring into two different skills. There's correctly identifying balls, like pitches out of the zone as balls, and then there's correctly identifying pitches in the zone as strikes. And there you actually see kind of a split. Uh, Umpires have consistently gotten better uh, over that entire 15-year span at pitches outside the zone uh, from like the high 80s to uh, just about 95% at this point. Uh, But pitches inside the zone, uh, 
they have improved pretty dramatically over the course of these 15 years, but they've hit kind of a plateau. And it actually looks like from 2021 to 2022, and I believe into 2023 as well, they've actually gotten a little bit worse. Uh, we're talking like fractions of percentiles here. So, you know, nothing, nothing significant. But yeah, apparently umpires are just getting better and better and better at calling pitches outside the zone as balls, but pitches inside the zone as strikes. It kind of feels like they've hit this maximum point and they can't get any better than that. And now things are kind of starting to level off. How much does StatCast kind of factor in here and the fact that like the strike zone, as we've kind of clarified at times, is much different than what we kind of think. Like what you see on TV is this fine lined white box with small squares on the inside to identify the different zones of the of the, you know, in in the zone. And, and then it seems like when we see these balls that are called strikes that are just on the outside of the zone, that those were all wrong calls, you know, but then you look over on MLB.com, you look at, at game day and in there, you know, on the, on the strike zone, you see there that there's that, that little bumper zone that we've kind of talked yeah. about that goes around the strike <laughs> zone that isn't there on TV. That's not really taken into consideration a lot of times, but that is kind of like this dead zone in a way where if they're calling the balls and that, like that kind of stuff feels like it might've impacted the accuracy rating. Is that something that's always been part of the way that they've tracked this accuracy? Or is that something that's changed over the years, the way they consider those, you know, that, that little buffer zone to be kind of, you know, no man's land, if you will. My understanding of the, of the bumper that you see on game day is that I'm not sure if it's exactly this, but I think it's at least closely related. Major League Baseball has established like a threshold of bad call for which they will actually, uh, I'm, I don't think they penalize umpires, but they would actually ding an umpire for, right? Um, there, there's kind of like a level of egregiousness that you have to reach in order for Major League Baseball to actually consider a call to, to truly be bad. Um However, at the same time, they, they, call it, they call it the shadow zone on fan graphs, by the way, is what they call that little sure, bumper sure, yeah. zone on the outside. And they say that, you know, any changes that are happening around the edges of the plate in the shadow zone are, you know, that's something that could kind of impact the accuracy. But uh, it's not necessarily like the reason why, you know, umpire umpires are getting better at calling balls and strikes. I also feel like. Part of it, besides that shadow zone, is is just the pressure, Jesse. We are so close to having robots take over your actual job. You can no longer yeah. be cocky about it. You can no longer <laughs> have a chip on your shoulder and be like, what are you going to do? Have a camera replace me? And we're like, yeah, actually, that's exactly what we're going to do, right? So, like, by necessity, <laughs> umpires need to be better because MLB, with the advancements in technology, really could pursue, pursue you know, phasing them out at least of calling balls and strikes behind home plate. We've talked about you're always going to have a home plate umpire, which really isn't going to change, you know, a lot here when it comes to baseball games other than, you know, a, a more accurate strike zone. But if umpires can just get it right, then then we don't need to threaten to have you replaced by Rosie the robot. <laughs> yeah, and I don't want people to confuse the bumper for like the strike zone being ambiguous or like, Oh, like they right. could be a strike or, right, or right. it couldn't be. It's kind of open That's to what you true. think. Every, every pitch is either a strike or not in its, in its pure form. 
the the bumper doesn't take away from that. That's just kind of giving the umpires an air bar because umpires are human beings. And I think we can all at least sympathize with, you know, umpires are not going to be able to get everything right. That's never going to be possible. Uh, hence the need for the bumper. But well, every well, pitch, when, when we so. move... Sure. That 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 I'm sorry to cut you off again. I know I did that twice. Um, and it's because we're on audio only. People can't see your face and how frustrated you are with me. No, but um <laughs> part, part of the problem, Jesse, is the strike zone they call on TV, right? Because that's not really what the strike zone is. And I think that's kind of more of what yeah. leads to that fan scrutiny over umpire calls rather than because sometimes when you see them on game day, it makes way more sense than what you saw on TV where the little fine lined box, the, the the ball was outside of the fine line box. That should be a ball. How did you call it a strike? Right. Even, even though it's very close and it's almost touching the fine line, I can see with my naked eye from here on my 70 inch TV, that there's a little gap between where they showed the ball landed, which might not be accurate. And uh, the, you know, the box on TV. So it's like, it's almost like the television presentation also, lends to that when it's not really yeah. correctly displaying what the strike zone is. Yeah, that's that's a very good point. Uh, I think I think the little TV zone box probably does us more harm than good in some ways. It's not. <laughs> yes. It's not foolproof. I still like it, honestly. Like of course, you know, every me once too. in a while it'll every once in a while it'll glitch out and, and it bothers me. Like when oh. it's gone, I'm like, oh no, this is I need you, the box. Like I some, need it. Some some channels every <laughs> once in a while like have the presentation without the box and I'm like, what are we doing here? What are we doing? Yeah, I can't. Yeah, what, I can't. What year, I don't know what what's year going on without the box. <laughs> but How it's am I important. Angry? To, <laughs> it's important to know that any like two dimensional representation of the strike zone, which is ultimately what you're seeing on TV, is is imperfect. It's not it, the the strike zone is actually a three dimensional thing. Uh, and right. so, yeah, anytime, whether it be on on game day or uh, you know, the MLB app or on TV, you're, you're not, you're not getting the the full story there. Well, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll forgive umpires for now. And as long as this accuracy rating continues to go up, uh, I will consider not wanting to replace them with robots. But, uh, in the meantime, watch your ass umpires. That's all I'm saying. Watch your ass. Uh, <laughs> we do appreciate you guys listening to the audio only podcast. We will be back on Monday with our mailbag Monday uh, episode. Make sure to send us some questions for that. In the meantime, you can follow us on Twitter. I am at cap underscore caveman with a K. Jesse is at Jesse N Friedman. Our show is at PHNX underscore D backs, but of course all roads do lead to at PHNX underscore sports on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. We thank you guys so much for checking us out today. We appreciate your time. And remember kids, baseball is fun, but it's so much more fun when you threaten umpires that robots are going to take their jobs.